One night, they were celebrating New Year's Eve. He was out, ending their life. I'm going to commit murder at midnight. Call me evil. Every New Year's Eve, the caller came out. take a trip back in time through our canon catalog and return to a movie we've watched a long time ago that's right back in the first season this would be new year's evil from 1980 apparently written and directed by emmett alston and co-written by leonard neubauer starring kip niven roz kelly and chris wallace also directed by emmett alston who co-wrote it so that's what i said yes this movie is if in case you didn't get it from the title of it it's a horror movie that takes place in new year's eve however uh, 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 there's a difference it's a slasher movie not a neo-noir because it came in 1980 but it's a slasher movie <laughs> there's no difference between a horror and a slasher they're both horror movies but it's a slasher movie that takes that t was released in 1980 about new year's eve and a killer who on New Year's Eve has to kill somebody every time it hits midnight on our side of the world. So Eastern Standard Time all the way up to where they are in California. Yeah, for every hour it hits in the United States and Canada. Yep, and then it has to, he has to kill somebody every time it hits midnight. He even has a radio and you hear it in the background every time. And it down. takes place largely, like a lot of the plot, this thing takes place at a punk rock new wave show mm -hmm. where the star Blaze mm -hmm. um, is receiving all these calls from the killer. Who's telling her that? I'm going to kill someone close to you every hour until New Year's Eve when I'll kill you. So basically, this is the whole movie is finding out why this killer is doing this and what is our heroine going to do about it? It's a literal ticking clock of a movie until it goes off the rails. And in a delightful twist on the genre, mm -hmm. we know what the killer looks like from within the first 10 minutes of the movie. Mm -hmm. And the majority of the movie is following him as he goes on his rampage until... Which we're trying the, to figure out, how does this relate? Yeah, until... Mm -hmm. the end of the movie when it's revealed who exactly he is mm -hmm. and what his connection with the uh, lead character is. There's a very good uh, red herring involving the son near the beginning of the movie where the guy, this kid, this kid uh, is an actor and, and his mother's ignoring him, but for some reason he seems there's something wrong with him. He doesn't seem drugs. all there. Drugs. We don't know what that is exactly. Drugs. He was taking drugs early on in the movie. But why is he doing all this? And he has mommy stuff? issues. But why does he have... We don't really understand all that. And then... Has his mom turned on him or turns on him? Well, as the movie goes along, we're even given hints that this the sign of the person doing this is someone who has mother's issues. And they literally cut to him looking like a freak wearing a stocking on his head. 
But we know it's not no, him. No, not just any stocking. A <clears throat> pair of her used stockings on his head with one of her earrings hanging from his ears. But we know... And it's the red of her hair. But we literally know it's not him who did it because we just saw the guy do it in the, the very next scene, which is even playing on the radio back while he's watching on the television. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole lot, a lot of these questions as the movie goes along, like... Why is this guy doing this? Why are these people, these specific people related to her? And does she have anything to do with what is going on around her? Because I might as well just say this part of it. for The, the spoiler, the big spoiler of who the serial killer actually is. We don't even have to say that part yet. It's that all the stuff that's happening around her is literally happening around her because she doesn't pay attention to anything that happens in her life. Anything but herself. Yeah, which leads to everything that happens in the movie. And when we say everything, I mean pretty much everything because a lot of this would have been solved if she was paying attention to begin with. It's like we're pretty positive that uh, the mixture of the motivations is a mixture of perceived slights, Mm -hmm. mental illness, and stuff that she's actually done. Mm -hmm. But from what we've seen, she's not a very good person. She's not a monster, but she is a very (laughs) much just a very self-centered, new wave Mm -hmm. rocker. Yeah, because there's the scene near the end of the movie where they know the killer's in the building and then they burst into her dressing room to find her son in there and she has to tell the cops not to shoot him because, oh right, I forgot you were in the building. Her own son in the building where there's a killer that she knows about. I know you forgot about me. I've been trying to call you. I had a surprise for you. <laughs> I mean, that's the, the whole movie is that she's just so unaware of anything outside of her job and it ends up costing a lot of people their lives. And, and also, she's famous, famous in this universe. Mm-hmm. Like, super famous. Ironically, too, is that the, the killer does the same thing. That's what throws him off his game, is that he was not paying attention. And he misses one of his kills and ends up going off the rails, as we alluded to before. And he literally misses one of his targets because of it. Yeah, he did not do one of his kills on the hour like he was supposed to. Yeah, because of his own doing that. And but at the same time, poor writing on this... We don't see any reaction to the fact that he didn't kill on that hour from yeah, they him. Yeah, sh- they should have had something like that. So it's not really a compulsion. It's just him being theatrical, as we later find out about who he is and what his job is. Yeah. So I guess we might as well go into that now. Um, It's her husband. It's her husband. And... Who thinks that she's been neglecting him and her son, and that she's manipulative, like all women. So like I said, mental health is starting to click in here. And also... As far as we can tell, we, she wasn't even aware he had spent time in a mental asylum the year before. That's one of the, the things, too, where we mentioned about the whole she doesn't pay attention. Because all this sort of stuff is stuff, information she should know. Yeah. She should know this about her husband. She should recognize his voice. Even with its filtered, he asks specifically, is there any sort of vocal tick or trace of this person that you recognize at all? JD, they literally tell her... Yeah, no, he, the, that kill, it happened at such and such uh, uh, sanit- private yeah. sanatorium. And it's like, that name did not ring a bell to her. Yes. Her husband, they've been married for a very long time because they have a grown yep. son. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, that's me making assumptions that they, they could have got married later on in life, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But, I'm pretty sure that's what they meant to be. But now. she was not aware <laughs> or completely forgot that her husband had spent time at that sanatorium. She, didn't, she wasn't paying attention at all to any of the stuff going on, which, like I said, comes into play <clears throat> many different times. Like, for instance, even <clears throat> when her husband, well, at this point, we know she's the he's the killer, 
But at no point does she ever even like contact her manager and say, oh yeah, my husband's in the building, by the way. Thank you for letting him in. When they know there's like, you're not supposed to be letting anybody in the building in first. And two, there's a killer going around. So maybe tell people about this because the cops have to tell the manager. The manager says, wait a minute, none of this is accurate. I never, I never let him in because she, (laughs) she literally didn't say anything because she's, she doesn't pay attention. Which, like I said, and that's one of the early lines, too, in the movie, where uh, one of the cops literally says something about her her own problems coming to bite her in the ass. Yeah. Which is exactly what the entire movie is, basically. Because of all of this, all of these issues that could have been solved if she was paying attention, which is, you know, kind of the way horror movies are supposed to work. It's supposed to be this one problem blown out of proportion where everything goes wrong. And that's pretty much what happens here. So, Randy, why did we uh, decide to rewatch this movie? That's the big question. Well, we decided to rewatch this one because we rewatched the other early one, which was Hospital Massacre, because that one also had a, a premise. We thought, um, well, let's see if it, if it's any better when we watch it the second time. And it turned out actually was better the second time we saw it. And so we went, well, we've seen enough slashers from both within and without canon. Mm hmm. Did this one age as well, age better? Because even at the beginning, we were like, well, probably this movie is going to be better than we thought it was in retrospect. Yeah, it was probably going to be better. So we decided, why not give this one the same sort of look back on? And um, and this time we watched it in beautiful HD. Yeah. 1080p, folks. <laughs> I'm in the future now. 1080p. Don't you mean 4K? No, no, no. 1080p. Pretty, and pretty much nothing we watched in season one was in 1080p because we had to find all Potato of quality. Yeah, and this was back then as well. So this one, I actually think that the visual clarity helped it a lot, especially like because originally we thought the mother was like the same age as the son because of how blurry it was. But no, when you see it, oh no, she's clearly older than her. Yeah, clearly her son. She's clearly like late thirties, maybe early forties at most. Yeah, Uh, that's clearly her her younger. It's like she's clearly our age, if not a little older. Yeah, you can you can tell by that point. Exactly what she's meant to be, and and her and her son's in his twenties. Yeah, because he's just early started. early twenties. Yeah, he's still starting out on his career, and he got his first gig, so it makes perfect sense that one. His first gig without her name, and the husband's kind of the same way, where he's just kind of a a lot older and leathery than I remembered until I, we saw this in HD. I'm like, holy crap, man! These everybody in this movie looks old. He actually looks a lot like Matt Dillon. <laughs> yes, he does, which is kind of weird, especially in certain parts. But yeah, overall, uh, I would say this experience watching is definitely better than the first one, even if it's just the potato quality isn't there anymore. Yeah, this was a Kino Lorber release, Mm -hmm. so very bare bones. Well, there's uh, like a 40-minute behind the scenes on there, whereas in the Canon Film Guide, there isn't really a whole lot on this one either. Six pages! Which is basically just the plot. Which, uh, to be perfectly fair, is probably worth talking about just because of how crazy it is of an idea of somebody who wants to kill every hour on the hour on New Year's Eve. So can we talk about how crazy the movie actually is with the amount of kills there are? Like in a slasher, you're, you're expecting a high body count. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it's fairly low. And one of them isn't... Actually, one of them isn't done by the killer. And the mm-hmm. other one is the killer killing himself. Yeah, pretty much. There's seven people who die in this movie. Which is still twice as much as who die in the original Halloween, which is considered the best yeah. slasher movie. So it's definitely from that era because it came out in 1980. It was filmed in 1980, so it was right around the big boom of slashers. 
like th this one, like history wise from Canon, this movie was shot for half a million dollars mm -hmm. and they had an extremely, extremely limited amount of time. I believe I said it was like 12 weeks, but I would have to check it again. Something like 12 weeks. It was a quick shoot. And, um, well, to be perfectly fair, it's not like you need a whole lot in the way of locations to do this movie. But they did a pretty good job with only six kills, including, as I said, um, most of the kills were not actually done the way the killer wanted them to be done. Yeah, it's like, it starts off like, okay, hey, I killed this first person at uh, this time here when they're supposed to die for the hour. Okay, the next one I had to rush it and do it. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, I had to kill somebody else because they saw me. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then I changed into a priest's outfit to sneak around because her husband's an actor who, who does a lot of costume changes. Well, also the third target looked like it was supposed to be a nun. And he never got there because he hit the guy on the bike and the guy and the gang on the bike chased him. And that ended to do a whole other thing. Yeah, like I didn't understand where he was going with that and the nun. Like there was no reason for that from what I can tell. Well, we know that he was looking specifically for people she knew to kill. So I'm guessing he knew that she knew this nun for some reason. That's why he was looking. She around. apparently also knew the... Mm -hmm. person that worked at the sanatorium for some reason even though she did not recognize him as being a former patient of there well like we said she didn't pay she doesn't pay attention to her family at all and <laughs> she, so that means she also knows this random bar fly that we meet once uh in a bar that he kills and has to kill his, her friend because he recognized she, she wouldn't recognize him which bar fly the the very spacey blonde that he uh, chokes to death with a pot bag. Oh, I thought you were talking about the guy. No, her, he was clearly looking for her because he walked in the bar and he was looking around for people specifically. And, and then... And he found her and said, oh yeah, you're definitely uh, the type of person I'm looking for. And then he got into an accident with a mm. bunch of bikers and then that went off the rails and then he, he couldn't kill anybody on that hour. Oh boy. And then when he oh. tried, she escaped. Yeah, that, that one went, went off the rails. And then, of course, he ended up at the finale where... He very theatrically tried to kill her, which I have to admit was pretty funny. I think he might be a stage actor is what I'm taking away from it. The fact that he starts quoting uh, oh, Shakespeare is. at the end. He is. That's where her son got it from. And I'm pretty sure he said, she said at the beginning of the movie, takes after his father because he was an actor. And he and he wanted to kill her hmm. so that he so that she wouldn't uh, mess with their son anymore because he's treating him like he she treat she's treating him like she treats uh, the father, and that's not right. And and mm -hmm. and we're gonna I'm gonna over your dead body we're gonna go to the Rose Bowl and I'm gonna have a good relationship with my son, who's just as which is pretty funny crazy too. as his father because the son clearly had a better relationship with the killer father than it did with her. Can we get the fact that re his re his reaction at the end? Can we can we just say that this this is another movie that well at least it's not a tourista situation where it goes we will return in New Year's Evil too. No no this movie has a tease seemingly. Uh, for, for like a sequel like it has sequel bait at the end that like the son is going to be picking up the father's uh it could have gone that direction but uh, as an ending i think it works perfectly fine considering it loops back around to, to the beginning again where it's well her problems are over no it's not her problems aren't over because it's the same problem <laughs> it hasn't ended yeah also the son was high as hell well, yeah, we saw him because several times he said, I have something important to tell you. And every time. And then pills and alcohol. Yeah. Every time she blew him off, even though we still don't know what it was that he wanted to tell her. No, no. The father around. told us it's that he got a role in a show using his, use, not using his mother's name. 
Yeah, but he mentioned that at the beginning when he first came to see Yeah, but she wasn't paying attention. Yeah, yeah, honey, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. But she never told him. It's like, it's because I got the... But for all we know, it could have been something else as well he wanted to tell her. Maybe something about his father that was important that might have helped, but we will never know because she wasn't listening. All she wanted to do was apparently do her job, and that ended up getting a bunch of people killed. He was he was telling her that the psych, psychologist finally, the psychiatrist, sorry, uh, finally prescribed him the good medication that he requires in order to keep helping with his mental health, mm. and uh, then he mixed it with alcohol and went crazy again. Mm. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm just spitballing here. Yeah, so it could have been a lot of things. But like I said, well, one of the things is, like I said, this movie feels very 1980s, which is why when I looked up the date again, I was surprised that it literally was 1980. Because we've watched a lot of stuff made in like the early 80s that feel 70s in a lot of ways. This movie does not feel like that at all. This movie was literally shot and released in the same year. It feels like it could have been made like in 83, 84. And it was released 10 days before hmm. the end of the year because it had to be out in time for New Year's Eve. Probably a smart idea in retrospect to do that. It's just kind of bizarre watching it because... I, if you if you just watch it out of the blue, you'll just like, yeah, this is clearly a 1980s movie. It looks like a 1980s movie. It sounds like a 1980s movie, even the way it's shot. And it, it has a soundtrack before. by Shadow and uh, mm -hmm. Made in Japan. Of course, it's a freaking 80s movie. Well, yeah, you're talking about stuff too, like uh, like hair metal and like new wave stuff is kind of more in the middle of the decade. It wasn't really that big at this point, but they're still using it. So it's like the. Yeah, I don't know. It's and, and, and she's almost like a pre-MTV uh, DJ, but she's like for the yeah. punk rock set in, in, in L.A. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like when they did that sort of stuff. Just like, it's, a, it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a trip watching it, to be quite honest, because it didn't feel like what it actually was. Which is, like I said, it's nice considering uh, some of the other ones we covered around this time. Because there was other ones, too. That I think you can list some of them here. Yeah, like April Fool's Day, which is in 86... Mother's Day, which was this year as well, and even uh, Father's Day, which was in 1982. But that's a, that Father's Day is actually a uh, thing from Creepshow. Yeah, so there's like these sorts of themed sort of slasher movies. And you can't forget about Christmas Evil that uh, at, <laughs> at some point, I believe it was Turner or AMC, would it, they used to do like double... Uh, double features of Christmas Evil and New Year's Evil, even though they weren't associated with each other? Well, considering two of the big names in this uh, subgenre of horror, literally called Halloween and Black Christmas, it kind of makes sense that you would try to do something like that. But this one, I think, succeeds a bit more than a lot of those types of movies because it actually does use its theme quite well, which is kind of surprising. He's already gets a canon movie. The entire theme ha literally hinges on the fact that he has to kill somebody and cops literally have no idea why he's doing it or where it's going to happen other than the one hint is that it's, he's related to her somehow and we don't even know who that is what that is even though we see his face for the entirety of the movie so let's lead off with low lights uh for a change okay so what's your low light on this one randy it doesn't stick to its uh premise like like, like like yeah before it goes off the, like if it's gonna stick to his premise like okay mm -hmm. he's killing every hour that's his shtick you would think that when he didn't kill on that hour when he screwed up that he would start to spiral and he, and nothing happens there's nothing ha it's like oh whoops i forgot <laughs> he kind of, oh well he kind of just like acts more annoyed as it happens but it doesn't really yeah like... he nothing really it's 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 just there for Theatric, it's like it's almost like it's just a theatrical thing. It's not to shoot anything off. Well, it's just it, like, and, and if it too, if it is a theatrical thing, which I think that's the point, is it's supposed to be. 
is that he should have had more points where he was like talking about like maybe Shakespeare quotes or like talking about Orson Welles or like this is like doing like this actor who did this or something like that just to like you know and emphasize the fact that it's acting more and the other people that are killed like before things fall apart mm-hmm. and he's just trying to meet a quota it's not explained how they are related to the uh to to blaze except for the the first one that he kills that we only find her body at the end of the film mm-hmm. uh we know the relation is that that's the manager yes of, of, of him i think or whatever or her co-host or something yeah it's, it's stuff like stuff like that it's um it's a bit like that uh it goes off the rails which is fine there's no way reason you can't do that but the character probably should have had more of a reaction yeah the character it. the character just it's like oh okay Oh, I missed the schedule, so I'm not actually doing my thing. Oh, well. Which would probably have made more sense if he would have acted that way, considering by the end of the movie how annoyed he was with her. It would have made more sense to kind of ramp it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Other low light is that uh, hmm. it gets a little slow at some points, but it's a lot faster than I remembered. There's a kill pretty f- quick in the movie, and by the time we hit midnight, it's within the first 15 minutes. The first time it hits midnight. And the first time, we're not even aware where it's happening. We just assume, like, East oh, Coast. it's the East Coast where it's happening. So this kill must be happening on the East Coast. That's but then, but then we find out, oh, no, it's, it's a sanatorium. And you're like, oh, okay. Oh, so it's in, actually In our town. Here. It's like, okay, we so know. So somebody's deliberately doing it this way to yeah. get to her. Okay. So, yeah. And then it starts, like I said, it's, 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 some of it is just, it's like, it's not, the pacing is a little bit off. The, the concept is probably the best part of the movie. Oh, yeah. But they don't. They, the execution huh? isn't handled as well as as you would hope. Um, Although to be fair, to execute something like this is a bit, especially back in 1980, is probably how exactly we wouldn't do something. I like know. That. And as much as I love the uh, the interstitials of basically of like we're gonna watch a a band do their a full performance of this song. Oh, it's very 1980s. That's why. I yeah, it it's very it, it 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 kind of takes you out of the movie. Even if the movie is only 85 minutes, it's like it's it's trying to uh, fill in time. Yeah, I guess. I think to me though, like that kind of fills in the time period a bit more of specifically that spe- that period of 1980s, especially the whole hedonistic part of her lifestyle with her job. Kind of works pretty well for me, but and then, then I like that kind of music. And too, then so. also the last kind of part that I, that I have uh, with the movie, like a little issue, is that there are no likable characters to attach yourself to. It's like we're, it's like in most slasher movies, you you get some sort of connection to some of the characters that get killed, and you know, oh no, this is just a bad person; they're nasty, or oh, I, I'm really sad to see this guy go. Oh, I can't believe this. This one, it's like we don't know any of the victims. We we actually spend the time more time mm-hmm. with the killer than with any of the victims, or the well, perceived victim of this one here, the heroine. There weren't really that many victims either. Like, no, I know, but like I said, there's the, no no real like characters you can connect with in this movie because the only victim I, I kind of felt sorry for was the one who actually got away. So it, yeah, it doesn't really. That's I'll, another thing too is like the way it works out because of the whole horror movie aspect of being sort of more morality based is that. The more moral someone tends to be, is they're less likely to die. Yeah. And the le- the least you are, the le- the more likely you are to die. I said the only real exception was the friend who went into the store and then came out and then got killed, which was 
kind of a crazy kill to be quite honest because it's just pull right into the, the garbage can and geez yeah like i said that was actually was probably hard. the best kill of the movie because it's just it's like it's like just simply like oh no there's a dead body in here oh no and then she opens the thing and he's like surprise and he just drags her in it's like okay that's that's so might a, as well actually go into highlights then i uh, think that sort of stuff is pretty good in this movie actually yeah it kind of does handle the what the but people are paying their money for to see like the yeah, kills yeah. are done fairly okay Especially, like I said, they're not the time gratuitous, but it's like they're interesting. They're not overly gory, which again, it wasn't really a thing yet. I think that came a little later, but for the time period, I think they're actually pretty well done. Especially, it's like more blood than uh, mm -hmm. Halloween or Nightmare oh, on Elm Street, but more. less blood than Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, there's definitely because, like the the scene where they find the the one the two women, one of them is wrapped in the plastic. It's pretty disgusting. The marijuana bag, yeah. Then she slides down the slide, and she's like slash like here. That's and across geez. her breasts, yeah, because he's a misogynist and he's that a was, psychopath. That was pretty hardcore too. Um, like a thing I really did like about the movie though, and which is why, like I said, it's like the concept I find for this movie works better than the mm -hmm. execution, is that the fact that we saw most of the movie. Like, mm -hmm. two-thirds of the movie, we saw it through the eyes of the killer. Like, we were with the killer as he... And as, as much as we were like, mm -hmm. I don't know any of these characters. I don't know... I don't have any connection to these characters that I was saying is a down point. Mm -hmm. It was interesting to see, okay, why is he doing this? We're with him as he plans these things. Yeah. That's and, actually... and, and, and there's no, like, magical, like, I'm super strong in comparison to you. No, it, it's like he's... It's very different than the usual, like, I would say, generic slasher movie in that usually in those movies, you have a story or whatever, and then it'll just be... Oh, this person's alone now, so now we get to see them die. This is the other way around where, okay, this is the killer we're following. How's he what's he doing? How's he gonna get this person? Is he gonna get that person? No, he's he can't get that person. Who's gonna go get this person? And at the same time, we don't know who he is, why he's doing this. So and, and, and that's he's, the interesting part. And he's not he doesn't there's nothing supernatural about him. There's it's not like a Michael no. Myers where we're supposed to just assume that he's the personification of evil he's and that's why he's kind of super super powered, or that the Spoiler, the mother, uh, Jason's mother in Friday the 13th 1 mm -hmm. is uh, this little old lady can overpower a big football player. Um, Literally holds and, and, and because she's the... 20-year-old Kevin Bacon. <laughs> because she's a the personification of evil. Um, and she has a supernatural power, so she's actually stronger everybody because of, of this. It, this one here is, we literally see him planning. It's like, we see him going, okay, I'm going after this nun. I'm going to make sure I'm dressed up like a priest. And, oh, whoops, I screwed up. And now I'm getting chased by a bunch of bikers. So mm -hmm. a crime of opportunity. I'm going to steal this car and uh, try to kill the person in it. Yeah, like I said, it's stuff like that where you're just seeing everything. It's from more the, interesting. The killer perspective, especially considering uh, at the same time through the whole movie, like, what does this guy have to do with her? Yeah. And as much as I... Like I said, I, I, it kind of takes you out of it. The interstitials, which suddenly we're watching these bands play, play. Mm -hmm. The music was good. Yeah, it was really well chosen. It's and I said it's, it was 1980, but it does feel like music that would come along a couple years later when it was more popular, which is kind of like I said, it makes it feel very much of its time. Um, as far as like I said, slasher movies go, we're not the biggest on them we've liked a few of them we've watched on here because some of them are well done and they're fun to watch i've never been a big fan of horror but they've as we've done this and i've seen more of them they've kind of grown on me in some cases I like horror stories but when we're talking like pure slasher type stories they're kind of like to me very similar so it needs something to really get me interested in it that's why i said that this movie and um hospital massacre slash x-ray are like the, the concepts are more interesting than the execution mm-hmm 
Although in this one, I would say this one is probably more more fun to watch just because there's a lot more going on at the time. That one is more atmospheric. That makes it more interesting. This one, it's just like, okay, we're moving. Now we're here. Now we're doing this. Now this guy's over here. Which, what's he going to do? Is he going after this person? It's like, it's constantly like keeping you guessing at the what's happening. And at the same time, you see this guy's face, which you don't usually do in these types of movies. Yeah, because if we never saw the face, if we were never following the killer, mm -hmm. the the whole stuff with all the stuff with the son would have been a MacGuffin. Mm -hmm. But instead, the MacGuffin's still there, and we're just kind of seeing him being like, "Okay, this guy's this kid's really messed up. What what's the hell's wrong with him?" And he's like, "Oh, his and, mother literally forgot about him tonight." Yeah, so it gives you a little, also a little bit of a hint that, well, maybe she's not a great person to begin with, and then we see how she behaves. Like, okay, she clearly someone like this would have enemies. Okay. But as it goes along, it's like, okay, how ex how did she slight this person? How could she possibly have made this guy this mad to want to kill people? And then you learn about his past and the fact that she should have known this and didn't say anything. It's like the moment that she heard that the first killing was at a sanatorium mm -hmm. where her husband had been mm -hmm. admitted to the year before yeah. for a time. Yeah, she should have said something, but she didn't. She probably didn't remember. She probably didn't. I actually, I'm actually in the impression that she didn't even know that her husband was admitted. That she thought that he was just left for work, and they were it was just being kept all hush hush from her or something. Which is possible, considering the manager knew. And yeah, the manager literally knew. said that he wouldn't have uh, let her let him in if he would have known that. And considering how the manager, the whole movie was like in her ear telling her this move. I honestly, move. I honestly thought they were having an affair. Like I thought they were like when they talked to her husband, I thought they were getting a divorce or something like that because of the way she was with the manager a lot of the times. Yeah, and not flirty, flirty, but they were like more of a couple than. I will give them one, the one thing too is that how they ma managed to make the husband a sort of twist that works is that he's just kind of offhand mentioned. Oh yeah, he's just like spring breaking around with some girls. So you just figure, oh okay, so there's marriage issues, and maybe she's with the manager now. All right, whatever. So you don't really think that this guy's your husband. It's just it doesn't really pop into your head that this this is a possibility. And and, and to go back to like the, the the signs of like just some mental illness because he starts accusing her of like sleeping around and that she flirts with every every man she meets and and we do see her interact with with men and she's not flirting but you can see that she's friendly and mm -hmm. you can see how he's he could perceive that as her floating flirting mm -hmm. because when he tries to kill her in an elevator with the security guard she's asking so you have any kids oh that's yeah, yeah no I can't ever do that because I have because of the yeah. showbiz. It's like, yeah, no, they're not flirting. She's talking and being polite, but I could also see how that could be read as her flirting. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it was... And he's watching them on the camera, and that's when he's like, oh, I'm angry now, and you're going to crash this thing. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's very... That kind of stuff is really interesting in how they input it into the movie. I thought that was a really good twist, especially on the old slasher formula where it's just random guy randomly killing people until they get to the final girl. It's like I'd be, I'm going to be interested to watch at some point in the future this movie again, but with the commentary, mm -hmm. just on my own, like not not for the podcast. Just to hear what they have to say for the people that actually worked on it. Mm -hmm. yeah. See if there's anything pertinent to be actually said on it. Yeah. That's why it's a shame in Canon Film Guide. There isn't a whole lot they talk about because it feels like there should be, but I don't know. So, Randy, uh, but all that said, what are you going to give New Year's Eve? Let me open this uh, this letter. I'm going to read what you, you're giving it, and then I'll tell you what I'm going to give it. Oh, no. Oh, okay, no. it says that JD is giving this movie a 3 out of 5, and that Randy is giving this movie a 3 out of 5. Oh, whoa. What, what, is my magic card right? <laughs> well, yeah. 
Like, I think we gave the movie, initially both of us gave it a two. Probably a two. If but, not lower. But like I said, it's like when we were watched Break-In or we were watched the Hospital Apple Massacre or the, or Apple. the Apple. When we watched it and we see it through new eyes, especially in better quality, that <laughs> should be emphasized and, as well. And also having a better understanding of uh, mm-hmm. canon. Of this uh, sort of stuff. And the stuff that they've released and having seen a lot worse movies than this. This one is... As far as slasher movies go, I think it's actually a pretty good one. And I think if you haven't seen this one and you like slasher movies, it's definitely one you should seek out. Because I think you probably have a good time with it. It's not quite what you would expect from that type of movie. And it's got enough interesting wrinkles to it that makes it more fun to watch the second time. Because, like I said, it's not like we, we watch these sorts of movies all the time either. We don't usually we watch slasher movies. Yeah, we haven't seen this one in five years, kind of the same way we did with but, Hospital Massacre. But watching it this time, we still had enough of a memory of the first watch. I still had a good time watching it too. It wasn't like, oh, this is where this person dies. Oh, this is where this person dies. And it's more like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it now. And it's just, I don't know, it was a good time. And I really do think that um, it's definitely better than, I guess... It's reputation, I guess, would give you because, like I said, there's a whole lot on this one. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. It's like cult wise, it's a it's a cult classic, but mm. uh, generally, critically, it's not been. Uh, this feels like something that very should well. be a cult classic. Yeah, because it's like I said, it's a it's a horror movie, sure, but it's one that definitely works with its strengths. And while I still think that a movie that combines the premise of Hospital Massacre with New Year's Evil will probably be the most insane thing ever made, it's still fun. Just like Hospital Massacre. Although that's, again, in a different way. That one's more for atmospheric stuff. This is just more straightforward. Just fun to watch. Like, uh, on Halloween, just sit back like a bag of popcorn and watch. You'll probably have a good time. Yeah, this one here you would watch on New Year's Eve, though, with a bag of popcorn. That's true. With, with a bunch of friends. While you, well, I don't drink, but I know people do. Like, you you just Eve, watch it and, and, and goof on it. New Year's Eve sort of thing. is it, it, could, it definitely works for its holiday. Like, people watch, like, Valentine's Day on Valentine's Day, April Fool's on April Fool's. This is definitely New Year's, and it's not like this is a concept used all that often either. Because um, this is still the one people people talk of. So, is that all we got to talk about on this one, Randy? Or do you have something else you wanted to mention? No, no, actually, we're pretty good here. Um, I was just checking to see what other things that the uh, director... I had written and directed like going after this and before this not a lot mm. uh he's very much a uh mm. work for hire type of guy no. like his last movie was three little ninjas oh, wow. in 93 hmm what's that a ripoff <laughs> of for straight to video i guess it's the sequel to new year's evil with he also did force of a ninja mm. nine deaths of the ninja oh shokosugi tiger shark and demon warp hmm. that's definitely quite a a lot of ninja movies on top of his... Uh... Demon Warp is another weird horror movie, though that's a whole other kettle of fish. All right, then. I guess we'll wrap this one up. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time when we continue our cruise to the Canon Catalog. Goodbye. And good evening. I know, that didn't work. Evil. Evening? Evil. Canon Films, and we're Dynamite.